Hey Hustlers, welcome back to episode 9. This topic has been on my mind for a while and I'm really excited to talk to you today about how I overcame the behaviors that came with my own experiences of extreme restrictive dieting and how I healed my behavior to stop with the food obsession that came from the restrictive dieting. I feel like this goes without saying, but I want to be clear that I'm speaking strictly from my own experience and I'm offering the strategies I used and still use today to better my relationship with my food. When I reflect back on my life, my food obsession and restrictions started when I was in high school. And I think for most girls, this is where it starts too. Maybe even junior high, we are concerned with our looks and we hear about our friends' moms and the diets that they're on. And we start to wonder what foods we should eat or what not to eat to look like the movie stars or singers that we idolized. So for me, the idea of dieting started when I was around 16, 17. It wasn't a full-blown obsession. I would just say I became a lot more aware of what I was eating. The actual structure of following a diet started when I was in my early college years and I got into fitness. I was observing and hearing about the bodybuilder foods that are geared for muscle, and I began to label foods as good and bad. And when I'd go out to eat, it was no longer just called, you know, dinner out. It was now having a designated name, which was a cheat meal. So my point of this is that my whole headspace wrapped around food was deeply ingrained for many years before I ever got serious about my goals. So where it really got to the next level was when I started to compete. Many people who follow me don't know that I used to compete very competitively in the bikini category, and I don't talk about it a lot now because I have pretty strong opinions about the sport, and I don't like to be affiliated with it anymore. But I did start competing in the year 2013, and I competed in about three to four shows a year. I earned my natural pro card in 2014, and I went to nationals in New Jersey and Miami in 2016 through 2017, taking top 10 both times. I was building my entire identity around competing, so I was very, very serious about competing. So over the span of these four years from 2013 to 2017, my food restriction was extreme, as it has to be for competition. When you are trying to achieve such a low body fat, you have to put your body into famine, essentially. The first show I did was the start of taking my food restriction to a full-blown food obsession. I started to have behaviors that I had never had before, and they were caused by the extremeness of being on such low calories and training. I had behaviors like having dreams about eating food, eating foods like ice cream or candy. I would have dreams about binging on food and I would wake up thinking the Lord it was just a dream or else I would have blown my diet and essentially the show season. And I had other behaviors I'm not particularly proud of because they were so animal-like. Because my body was in famine, my attitude became less human. I became extremely possessive over my meals. Just the thought of someone taking a bite of my food would send me into a rage, let alone if someone actually did it. I was not pleasant to be around, around mealtime at least. Uh, but not only was I becoming so possessive about my meals, 
but I was also becoming possessive of my relationship with my meals, meaning I didn't like to be talked to while I ate. I wanted to be left alone so I could fully devour and enjoy every bite. And honestly, I was too embarrassed to eat around anyone else because I was licking my plate clean. So when I say I was acting like an animal, I was. Whenever I had a pouch of almond butter, I would rip it open and make sure I got every single ounce. Or if I had rice, there was not a single grain left behind. In the prep world, we would always joke, no macro left behind. And looking back now, I see how distorted this mindset was. And I can't believe that I truly thought that I was the face of health and fitness, except that I was definitely experiencing undiagnosed symptoms of a structured and socially accepted eating disorder. During my preps, I'd have cheat meals once a week, which I solely lived for. If I could just get to Friday is what I would tell myself because that's when I always had my cheat meals. But if you thought I was obsessive about my day-to-day -day meals, you would not have wanted to see me when I was with my cheat meal. I didn't want to have to think about my behavior when I ate it. I wanted to just indulge and I wanted to do it alone. So one time I had a cheat meal that was planned. I was going out to eat with my ex-husband at the time and he had invited along my very best friend. Now, typically I would have had no problem with the invite and would have been extremely happy to have her join us, but I was ticked. I was furious. I was so mad that she was imposing on my precious cheat meal time. And I was so embarrassed about my behavior throughout that dinner. And even though I knew I was acting ridiculous, I couldn't rationalize it and change my behavior at the time. So during that entire meal, I was just mad. I actually was in Vegas a month ago spending time with this friend. She's still my friend to this day. And I brought up this time and I apologized for my behavior. She said she didn't remember that time specifically, but it's something that I have never forgotten. When I wasn't in an on season, I was in an off season. And being in an off season for me was something I couldn't wait to be in while I was on prep. During my season, if there were any new candy or cereal or Oreos that would come out, I would buy them and hide them in my closet for after my season. I kept a show prep journal where I would have an ongoing list of all the foods I was going to eat once the show was over, and I still have that diary. And looking back at it, I'm so impressed with the laser focus that I had, but also extremely alarmed by the things I would write and say. If I heard someone say to me today the things that I wrote, I would automatically think, wow, she's got some serious food relationship issues. So when it would finally come time for an off season to commence, the only way I can describe my behavior would be like the Hoover Dam bursting. I would have so much control during my season that once the goal of the stage was over, everything that I had been containing inside would just erupt. One show season I will never forget. It was the season I won my natural pro card and it was the longest drawn out prep I'd ever been on. And I was so miserable that when it was over, that morning I woke up early and went straight to the store. I bought three boxes of my favorite cereal and I think I bought four boxes of Pop-Tarts and I remember sitting on the couch just eating and eating 
until my stomach was so swollen and my mouth was so torn up from the cereal, I just cried. But after an hour, I'd be hungry again and I would do the exact same thing to fill up to capacity. That feeling of being hungry sent me into an anxiety. When I was in my show season, being hungry and extremely hungry is very, very normal. So in an off season, when you know you can eat, you never want to feel hungry. So anytime I had a hunger signal, I would have anxiety and I'd have to go pacify it with food. I would do everything I could to not feel hungry. I never wanted to go to bed hungry. And if I woke up in the middle of the night hungry, I would eat. If I was driving and hungry, I would stop and get food. I had this hunger that couldn't be quenched. I was like a starving wolf scavenging for food constantly. And I would eat the grossest things. Like one time I found freezer burnt cake that had been in the freezer for years and I ate the entire thing. And if I ran out of things to find, I would just eat brown sugar by the spoonful. If it was in the house, I would find it and eat it. I was living in a small house at the time where I didn't have a traditional pantry, so I had food stored in a closet of a spare bedroom. And I remember kneeling on the carpet in that room with the closet doors open, eating white chocolate chips. And I couldn't stop. And I would cry as I ate it because I didn't understand why I felt like I had to be eating this. So for me, when I went from such restrictive eating to this, you can imagine the symptoms of eating so much food, the bloating, constipation, rapid body fat gain, and my self-confidence would be in direct reflection of this. I was embarrassed to go to the gym because my stomach was so swollen and I didn't want anyone to see or know that I had lost control behind the scenes. And this cycle repeated every year. I was either on season with laser focus or I was off season and I had no control at all. And I couldn't get a grip on that control. My mind coming off prep would be so hungry for food that I felt powerless to it. In 2017, that was my last year of competing. I, I was done. I couldn't justify not only the cost of competing, but the cost it was taking on my body and mental health. After four years of chronic and extreme dieting, I had to relearn balance and relearn true hunger cues and relearn motivation because I didn't have a show date to keep me focused anymore. And this is what I want to talk about today. I want you to know that if this behavior sounds like you, there is hope and you can get back in control, but it is going to take time. Again, I'm speaking about methods that worked for me, but I want to also say it took me about two years to finally figure it out. It took me so long because not only was my mind having to relearn new behaviors, but I was also going through a divorce and a lot of emotional trauma that triggered other behaviors like emotional eating and stress eating. And even though I wasn't competing, I was still eating in secret at night and I couldn't open up a bag of something and leave anything left behind. I had to eat it all. And it wasn't until I truly found peace in my life that I was able to really start to establish a pattern of, eat, of healthy eating habits and heal my behaviors. I get asked quite frequently if I ever just want to let go of control and go crazy. And my answer is always the same, not anymore. 
that mindset is caused from being overly restrictive. And I don't live my life with restriction anymore. Yes, I flex discipline, but my goals don't come from a place of competing. They come from a place that bring true value to my life. And that's feeling good and recognizing my body's needs and continuing to work on myself for me, not for someone else, not for a trophy, for me. Once I established that the way I wanted to live needed to be a lifestyle and not an on and off season, this is how I ditched the all or nothing mindset. Now, if I feel slightly hungry, I don't panic. I know food is coming. If I'm surrounded by candy or foods I love, I know I can have it, but I choose for myself not to. Or if I do want some, I can have a bite and be good. If you have come to this podcast through YouTube, uh, you've seen me co-star on The Electrics, and you have seen me firsthand take bites or pieces of sugar, junk food, fast food for food reviews, and you can see that I don't need to eat the whole thing to be satisfied. It took me a long time to repair the damage I had done to my mental health and body, including healing from Hashimoto's, which I still deal with today. But I want to share with you now the few things I started to do and still do today that have helped me overcome food obsession from food restriction. The first thing I wanna say is that if you feel like you truly have an eating disorder, go seek professional help. I probably should have, but I didn't realize what I had or what I was doing at the time. I figured if everyone in the competing industry was dealing, I could too. So with that said, the first thing I want to share is the philosophy, save a bite for the gods. This is a theory where no matter what, you always leave one bite of food left on your plate. There is no plate licking or eating absolutely everything on your plate. Leaving one bite is like leaving an offering of gratitude. But beyond that, it teaches your mind to not have anxiety about clearing your plate completely. It shows your mind that you're not in famine, food is in supply, and that there will be more meals coming. This was an extremely hard thing for me to do at first, leaving a bite of oatmeal at the bottom of my bowl or leaving a bite of rice and ground turkey on my plate at first was really weird. It felt like autopilot for me to scrape every morsel and leave nothing behind. But once I started doing this, I realized, hey, I'm okay. And it wasn't like it was me eating my last meal on earth anymore because that's what it felt like before. And I still do this, not even consciously, but I do. I don't leave it on my plate though. I typically, I typically give my last bite to Athena, my dog. It makes me feel good sharing with her and not having a food possession behavior. So now every time I eat, she's nearby because she knows she's going to at least get one bite of my food. This behavior in theory has helped me so much in overcoming my food obsession behavior because I'm no longer obsessed or possessive over my meal times or my meals itself. So if I'm eating dinner with Eric and he's like, hey, can I have a bite of this? I'm like, yeah, of course, definitely try it. Whereas before, if you even thought that, I was going to put a fork through your hand. That's just how my mindset was, but not anymore because of the save a bite for the gods theory. 
The next thing I do that you probably have seen if you watch on YouTube is the rule of three. Now, I've never discussed this on YouTube, but you'll be able to recognize this now. And this is one of my favorite rules when it comes to allowing yourself what you're craving or what you're wanting to try without the need of having to devour the entire bag. Remember I said I couldn't open up a bag of anything without eating the entire thing? This is where this new behavior came into play. The rule of three. Three bites, three sips, three pieces, whatever it is, three. So if you want the ice cream, have three bites. If you want the M&Ms, have three pieces. If you want the beverage, have three sips. This is a really important when it comes to reversing out of food obsession behavior. Why three? The first bite you take is just satisfying your need to just try it, like get in my belly. So that's the first bite. The second bite, you can slow down and taste it and really enjoy it. And then the third bite, now this bite is meant to savor, quench your curiosity, and satisfy your mind. I love this mindset. I love the rule of three. It allows me to try things and enjoy them and move on. It's what really has helped me enjoy without ever having to indulge on anything. And this is how I'm able to try, enjoy, satisfy in every event in my life. I take this with me everywhere, weddings, holidays, vacations, especially when there's a spread of food and there are multiple things I just have to try. It truly is the best of both worlds. And this is a rule that I really encourage you to start trying. So there are several other things that I do, including not viewing food as entertainment anymore. I view it as fuel. Once I switch my mindset to think of each meal as a fuel source, I naturally choose better options. But with flexible dieting and this mindset, I'm able to do both, even simultaneously. I don't designate days anymore to include treats in my meals or when I have cheat meals. My life is not designed around, I just have to get to my next cheat meal anymore. And I don't live in extremes or eat and work out for temporary things like a wedding or vacation. I don't have a date on the calendar and I don't have a timeline for my goals, which is probably the biggest thing that drives anxiety and obsession around food, placing urgency on your timeline to reach your goals. Urgency in the past for me was, I have to do all the things right now because in 12 weeks I'll be stepping on stage. Or I'm getting ready for a photo shoot in six weeks, it's time to buckle down. No, I don't do this anymore. I have learned that any time I place a timeline or urgency on my goals, I slide back into the obsession mindset. Instead, I have shifted my thoughts toward, why can't I live my life every day with smaller efforts that aren't being forced with urgency and be ready all the time to wear a bikini or feel confident going to a friend's wedding? This is how I mastered balance. I learned how to master the day with goals that are realistic and that I know I can accomplish. Yes, it still takes discipline and effort. It's not easy, but there's no driving force of anxiety that says you have to do this or else you may not win a plastic trophy. I have learned to truly live the life I want without the on and off season, and I feel at peace now with my eating. I don't have the driven anxiety I once had. I don't have the desire to go out and buy boxes of Pop-Tarts and eat until I hurt. I want to feel good every day. So that reflects in my choices. 
and I don't need a summer coming up and I don't need to indulge all winter long to make up for restrictive summer dieting. It's not a life I want to live or ever want to live again. And I can truly say that if you allow yourself time to relearn the patterns of your eating, you are going to feel so free. So to recap, leave a bite for the gods or your dog, practice the rule of three, and remove urgency from your goals. And remember that food is meant to fuel you and entertain you a little. I mean, heck yes, I have my favorite foods. But most of all, food is not meant to control you. I hope that you will be able to take what I've done and learn for yourself how peaceful you can feel around food too. If you liked this episode, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review if you loved it. Share it with a friend if you feel like they could benefit from this as well. And just remember, everything you need to succeed is already inside you. Until next time, hustlers. Bye. I'm living great. Everything